it's time to go back to 2004 and get down with the sickness with America's most infectious podcast, The Pod People. I'm the modern Zambi, Matisse Van Rossum. <laughs> I'm the world's best mall cop, Ben Sheets. I'm a wa- a- a worried about uh, being a buzzkill this episode, Cleveland Mosher. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back for part two of our original versus remake on Dawn of the Dead. Last week, we talked about the 1978 classic George Romero, Dawn of the Dead, uh, a perfect film, which we all rated five out of five. Um, And this week, we're talking about the 2004 (laughs) (laughs) Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead, uh, written by James Gunn. Um, and directed by Zack Snyder and starring <laughs> Sarah Pauly and, uh, Ving Rhames and some other people that I could not give few Mr. Modern about. Family and, and Mr. Uh, Mo- Mr. Modern Dougie Family and from Doug- House, from of, House Cards. of Cards. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, this was Ben's pick. So if, uh, if you thought the original was too subtle, <laughs> I got, I got a movie for you. It's directed by the least subtle director on Earth and one of the dumbest directors on Earth, Zack Snyder. And this was real early in his career. Um, One of his first. I think it might have been his first film. Also, his best film? You know, I said that before we watched it again, and I think I stand by that. You know, I think I would agree with you. Um, but that being said, it cannot be overstated how low of a bar that is <laughs> because this movie is still trash. It's fun trash at times, but it's trash. It's less dreary and agonizing than uh, something like Watchmen or um, 300 or uh, any of his DC superhero movies, which I am proud to say I have not seen a single one of. But that Snyder Cut Justice League is coming out, though, and it's like four and a half hours long, and it looks really bad, and I might watch it. I yeah. might have to watch it. I think after after we finished watching this film, I I, uh, I agreed. Like, I think, I think I might have to join you on that. It's going to be a hilarious train wreck, I think. Um, the, the, I, to be fair, I never saw the original because no, uh, I don't give a shit about nope. superhero stuff anymore. I'm too tired. And um, I, I used to. I used to love it. But anyway, I, I've talked about that my, before. My, Point my, is, this man, I, I cannot stand his directing, but it, it in often like a very comical way. Like, and it, it is fun to make fun my, of. My worry about the Snyder cut of Justice League is Zack Snyder is taken upon a self-seriousness later in his career. Very much that so. That is not really there in the same way in Dawn of the Dead, for example. Thank yes. God. Yeah, and I think because of that, it's going to have a dour seriousness and maybe just be boring. Yeah, boring and insufferable. that's my biggest worry. Um, where is for this movie, you know, circling back to Dawn of the Dead... I will go up to bat for it a little bit because, you know, with remakes of classic masterpiece movies, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, that's the thing. If you're going to remake a classic movie, you can't do it in the same way. It's already done perfectly. If you're going to do it at all, you have to completely go in a different direction. And to this movie's credit, that's what it does. It takes 
you know, the general premise of zombies in a mall and turns it into a dumb guy action yeah. movie. The setting is about all that's the same. Well, that's the thing. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Ben, to the extent that I will say that this film's greatest overall failing is that it's called Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Yeah. It is otherwise mostly indistinguishable from the George Romero film, other than that it is set in a mall during the zombie apocalypse, and we get very brief cameos from, like, Ken Forey, uh, Tom and Savini, Tom Savini, and Roger. The which, actor plays Roger. Which is, yeah, uh, whose name I've forgotten. Um, sorry. <laughs> Otherwise, if this movie wasn't called Dawn of the Dead, it wouldn't make it a good film, but it would at least make it a mediocre and otherwise unremarkable but occasionally fun uh modern zombie flick the very nature of being called dawn of the dead it reminds you of the original does it m way more harm than anything else i agree i agree it it, it is uh i i almost like took offense to it like a couple of times well it, i mean when you try to compare it to romero it is offensive yeah i i agree and <laughs> and i think that its best parts are when it's not trying to be dawn of the dead mm -hmm. and there are a lot of uh fun if confusing moments in the movie i'm all for like handing the torch off to a new generation i don't have too much beef with remakes uh in general like especially the older i get the more i think like you know you can have as many like iterations of Macbeth as you want you can have as many iterations of spider-man as you want i don't really give a shit but damn this movie hits so many of the points that in the previous episode i praised the original for sidestepping there are so many pitfalls in zombie films and just movies in general uh, that I last episode I praised Dawn of the Dead for avoiding like like uh, just the way that they think everything through in Dawn of the Dead is fantastic alone. How they're rational um, human characters. How we praise the intro for not doing the dumb TV sequence for cutting to the chase on that and just putting us with the characters and sidestepping the whole, like, this is News 11 at 9 o'clock, and, oh my god, I'm being attacked, and uh, the the intro credits with the, this is zombie time, like, that all that stuff. This movie does in full. It does it gratuitously. I, w I want to defend that a little bit. So, the way they do it is a bit more organic than that. You know, the credit sequence definitely plays into that with the Johnny Cash song, with the montage. Yeah. But, you know, with the Sarah Polly character kind of going home oblivious, you know, we pick up on, you know, the the person in the ambulance sitting up and that's kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, Sarah um, Polly's a nurse that's relevant-ish yeah. to her character. And, you know, she goes home and has sex with her husband. In the shower. In the shower. The next day she wakes up and shit just hits the fan. And I think the sequence of shit hitting the fan in suburbia is kind of fun. It is dumb fun. Yeah, exactly. It's dumb fun. And I, I, I think it's great it for sets, that. It sets the tone yeah, very it, well. It lets you know that you're not watching the original. You're watching a dumb fun movie instead. I, I'll give it credit for that. Like, it, it lets you know right off the bat to not expect a well-thought-out, well-paced, uh, intriguing, 
like the, the dramatic number, and fun movie. The number like, of people we're just dumb. who wander out into the street and just get T-boned by various vehicles. Hilarious. And then we get the the overhead, like the helicopter shot of like the suburbs. And uh, isn't an ambulance just like crashes into a gas station and explodes? <laughs> and explodes. It's, it's great. Like, it, it, this, like five minutes into the movie, it's like subtlety is dead right yeah if, uh forget subtext that's a thing of yeah. the past uh yeah also worth noting that uh, a big difference between the two is that these zombies are the the fast zombies yes this is yes. post 28 days later of course by, they by are. only about a year by only about a year so uh it, this was there. yeah this is uh right when fast zombies were like the hot new thing yep. the shambling unavoidable tide of death that are the zombies in the original film nah they're just uh crazy people running i I do you You, mentioned a composite shot i do want to say that it was another one of my pitfall points is that the original film avoided like giant composite epic shots and this movie is fucking full of them um yeah the first film's not trying to be epic yeah exactly it's a it's a more contained story focusing on a core group of characters that we actually get to know and care about and their struggle to try to not only survive but also live in the new norm which is the zombie apocalypse which is is funny to me yeah, that because, is to say because that, this movie is none of those things it is none of them and <laughs> the funny thing about it is the way you describe that there it, like uh you describe the original is like a classical epic right we are we are brought on an epic journey with our characters and we are brought places and these things feel epic because we are along with these people and we care about them and we're here there for the ride whereas this is just like your standard fare like bullshit spectacle after spectacle and we don't care about anyone in the shots you find yourself getting attached to the like, i don't know how you can get there's not to a these single people. relatable character no, in this like, like there's a lot of funny characters and we'll get into yeah. that yes um further. yeah and like the, the a saving grace uh ben you put it well earlier is that this film like it doesn't take itself seriously uh so i'm not going to try too hard beyond my opening statements here to take it seriously like we'll just comment on how dumb it is and laugh it doesn't deserve it it, it doesn't. doesn't deserve to be taken seriously no. it's an entertaining movie yeah. you know like it, well i don't know about that but it's oh, trying come to be on. there's so many entertaining sequences in this movie you know they start the movie off with a little zombie kid getting knocked the fuck out yeah, it's I will say it's not a wholly entertaining film, but when it is entertaining, it is very fun. Yes. Yeah. And and that I a lot of that credit, I think, goes to the James Gunn screenplay. It's not perfect by any means. No. And, and it's also in relatively early in his career as well. And uh, I mean, the ca- the characters are being bad are the writer's fault, you know? So like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that James Gunn is not at all to blame. Yeah. Cause but there's there, also a lot of changes and revisions and editing. There are definitely very hallmark James Gunn kind of like comedic sequences that end up being surprisingly effective despite 
the otherwise amateur and bad movie that they exist in. So, okay, yeah, Ben, when you say entertaining, the reason I disagreed immediately was, I think, just just purely on, like, semantics. It is it is entertaining to laugh at, and sometimes the film is aware, you know, but when it comes to the action elements, even almost, like, from a dumb guy energy point, I was pretty exhausted by the end of it because when every, like, impact sound sounds like a truck slamming into (laughs) another truck like if someone is like punching a zombie it sounds like a skyscraper falling if a skyscraper is falling it sounds like a skyscraper falling so the film is just constantly (laughs) like at like grenade like impact levels so the action never feels like it escalates in the script it does but i don't feel it i'm it i'm numb i'm already numb by the beginning it doesn't help that it's a badly edited film also horribly uh, and a very ugly and, oh, <laughs> we'll get into that fuck yeah <laughs> we'll get into that big old Fo- footnote footnote on that but like the just to talk about the action i agree that the action itself is not particularly entertaining because it is i think hard to follow because it's badly cut together what i do think is interesting from like a anthropological perspective is to see the beginnings of Zack Snyder playing around with speed ramping and not quite knowing where to put it yet. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And I think on top of that, I think his gratuitous use of extreme close-ups makes those action sequences very entertaining and fun whoa 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 i gotta i gotta stop i gotta stop things real quick tease you you said uh he he still hasn't figured out where to put it that implies he ever figured out where it was a good idea to put speed ramp okay well no i mean let's, let's, let's <laughs> which clarify. is never <laughs> let's clarify like speed ramping is a cheap tacky dumb, dumb, tacky. tacky tactic but there is a right way to use it if you have to use it. And you you don't necessarily have to like it. But I'd say by the time he got to 300, he knew how to use speed ramping. I'll put it this way. It's still tacky. It's yeah. one thing to speed ramp someone being kicked into a giant pit. Yes. It's another thing to speed ramp a granny stomping on a cigarette. My yes. point exactly. Okay, well said. Thank you, Ben. Well My point um, exactly. But right, I, will say, I will say... Zack Snyder's tendency on directing action in this movie, personally, I think it makes those scenes way more entertaining than they would otherwise be just because of how (laughs) over the top and absurd they get. We'll get into this scene further, but I just want to say the Zombaby sequence is one of my all-time favorite zombie movie sequences just because it is so so stupid stupid and Mm -hmm. so funny i legitimately can't remember the last time i laughed so hard at a movie than that particular moment uh and we'll like you said we'll we'll get into that later one thing a, a slight detour i want to take for personal reasons, well, for Ben and I, personal reasons, um, is the setting of this film. <laughs> it claims to be set in Milwaukee, and longtime listeners of the podcast will know that this podcast was born in Milwaukee. Uh, that is where we started the podcast, it's where we were living at the time, when we had our original third co-host, Eugene. Ben, Eugene, and I all went to film school there together. We were living in Milwaukee. So as folks who spent a good amount of time in Milwaukee, I think that uh, Ben and I 
are well qualified to say that this film was absolutely not set or shot in Milwaukee, despite what they say. What are you talking about? That was totally the Mayfair Mall. <laughs> no, but it absolutely doesn't look at all like Milwaukee. It doesn't even look like Wisconsin, if we're being real. Like, no. It looks like it was shot in like Southern California, which it probably was. Oh, absolutely. They didn't even give a passing attempt. And, like, the very minor, minuscule attempts at, at like, trying to make it, like, Midwestern are grossly offensive, I think, to actual Midwesterners. The only one that I can really think of is, like, the one security guard uh, who was talking about how, uh, oh, yeah, if the zombie apocalypse didn't happen, I was gonna fucking smash that fat chick from the Dairy Queen, you know? Which is an incredible line, in fairness. It's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. But, like, you know, they spend most of the movie in the mall, so it's like, you can say, okay, sure, it's set wherever. But, like, towards the end, we get, like, a shot of the city skyline, and it's like, they didn't even try. It's just not. It's just not the Milwaukee skyline. And the the shoreline is definitely not Milwaukee either. Well, and the big crux of the film is that they're trying to get to a boat so they can go to the the Milwaukee Island out in Lake Michigan that absolutely does not exist. And when they get there, it looks tropical. Like what the fuck was that about? Like I don't I don't think uh correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't lived in Milwaukee, but I don't think it's anywhere near the equator. It's not. It's not. And and like that's that's the thing is cuz it's like they specify more than once in the film that it is set in Milwaukee. And it's like if you're going to go out of your way to not just make this any town USA, which is fine. That's what the original Dawn of the Dead does. They never say where they are because it doesn't fucking matter. But to go out of your way to set this in a specific place, but then not actually try to make that look like the place that you're claiming that it's set is just so fucking funny to me. You know, we talk about the attention to detail in our original review and this is the complete opposite where it's not about the details you know you really don't want to think too hard about this movie the less you think about it the better in fact i would say that in many ways this film spits in the face of detail (laughs) (laughs) truly like uh at one point uh they're in the parking garage and there's just uh like a a gas station within the There's a fucking gas pump <laughs> inside the parking garage which they then use to set a bunch of zombies on fire. What the fuck is that gas pump doing in there? Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Also the like the ratio like of like explosion for like a tiny propane canister versus a giant propane canister is the same. It's the same. Yeah, it is the same. Uh, fuck We're li- all over the place. Yeah. Fuck continuity. Fuck like linearity yeah, with this movie. Yeah, no one cares. We're just gonna hop around. Um but the uh, like, yeah, towards the end of the movie, like, there's a bit where they're all in the cars and they're just surrounded by uh, just a sea, a sea of zombies. Uh-huh. And uh, they throw out a propane tank and shoot it and it destroys the sea of zombies all around them. They're all just obliterated. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just like a normal. A, it's like a drone strike. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking. Yeah, it's it's a fucking like napalm blast that just like absolutely wipes out like hundreds and hundreds of zombies. Mm. And it is a a propane grill 
canister. Yes. Like, it's the kind that, like, in the that suburbs... That you can go get from a gas station. Yep. You know, the, the shit that Hank Hill sells. Like, like just a tiny little can of propane, and it just, it sets off this massive detonation. Um, it sets it off, and is it? Like, mm-hmm. it's, that's all there is. And then later on, they shoot a propane tank that's, like, the size of a fridge. It's fucking huge. And the explosion is the same size. It does the same thing. Like, it's just bigger because it's at a more dramatic moment in the movie. But the explosion kills as many zombies. Mm. It, it, it doesn't, again, it's, it's that same idea of, like, when you try to, like, when movies try to maximize everything, you know, when there's a bunch of, like, C, it's that CEO energy, which is like, yeah, like, we gotta, we gotta make this scene bigger and better. We gotta remake this, but, but, but really maximize it. Yeah. You know, we gotta maximize the, the violence. We gotta maximize the thrills. And so it's, oh, in this starship battle, instead of having, like, 20 starships, it's going to have 80, you know? Like, it's it's going to have 400, and we're just going to fill the screen, and that's going to make it better, because there's more, and it's not. Stop. Like, stop doing it, please. Well, like, everything like, else, Jesus. when that's your mentality, things like character, things like narrative things like attention to detail get lost yeah because the the focus is on bigger is better let's make it as expansive as possible and it works sometimes depending on the film but like this film doesn't really have anything to say that's that's the yeah other thing. i will push back a little bit on characters because i think while there's not many likable characters in this movie there are a lot of memorable characters in a lot of ways you know the the the, the mall cops that are on a power trip you know headed by dougie from house of cards they're really funny mr modern family as like a rich coke addled piece yeah, of shit that dude is uh pretty entertaining there are funny archetypes yes there aren't funny characters that's the thing these are also the the characters you're describing are our side characters our protagonists the ones that we're quote-unquote supposed to give a shit about sarah Pauly, um as you described him kmart tim roth um because that is exactly what he looks like uh ving rames is great ving rames is great He's the best, like, central character. And that's just because, like, how can you dislike Ving Rhames? Yeah, part of it, too, I think, is also, like, knowing Ving Rhames. You know, like, like, right. like you, you, you start the movie and it plays. And as soon as Ving, Ving Rhames walks onto the screen, if you know Ving Rhames, you're like, fuck, yeah, it's Ving Rhames. He's, if you like, don't, I don't know if that's going to do the same for you. He's great. But, yeah, I think a lot of my enjoyment of his character is, like, the context I have for his career. Yeah, exactly. He has some thinking, great one-liners. He does. In this he does. Movie. And I think his performance elevates he's a fun some of yeah. those scenes that he's in. He's a fun archetype. Where like he's said, at. Cannot ever hate on Ving Rhames. It's just, yeah, like Ving Rhames next to Ken Forey in the original. It's like, like Ken Forey is a character. Like he plays, he plays someone. Like he has dreams and ambitions. And, and we come to like, to know them and care about them. And, and down to every single little decision that he makes in the movie. Whereas with Ving Rhames' character, like, he has a thing about trying to get to the other town for his brother, but, like, uh, do I care? Yeah. And because I, I don't. I just I just want Ving Rhames to be Ving Rhames, and he is. He's, but got, like, he's got a lot of great character moments and one-liners, but 
I don't know anything about who his character is. I don't care. About Beyond, who he's his trying to get to his brother. Is, is like, yeah, he's it's like he's it stops a, with that. He's a hard ass cop who used to be a marine, and he has a shotgun for the entire movie. It's like cool. That's all I need out of Ving Rhames. But it's like once again, when you compare it to the original, where you have, like you said, real characters. Even somebody as fun as Ving Rhames is, in contrast, a caricature at best. And then you've got Kmart yeah. Tim Roth, who is so boring. Yeah, and again, I, I do want to say, like, like so to, boring. to to find some middle ground with Ben, Ving Rhames does a great job as a caricature. He's very funny. He's he's fun. But, he's one of the best parts of the film. For sure. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. most definitely. But yeah, like when it when it comes to like being like a rich character, which again isn't what the movie's trying to do, and I know that. Like, there's going to be a lot of me apologizing for the futility of trying to look into this. But deeper. it's an original versus remake, so we have to. Yeah, we have to draw to some degree. comparisons but, to the original. Yeah, like if if I'm going to choose, I mean, obviously I'm going to I'm going to go with the original. But like, I mean, for that for like dumb movie, you know, the archetype is fun, but. Uh, it's a literal cop-out, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the scene where Kmart Tim Roth says the thing in life that he was worst at was being a husband, but the thing he was best at in life was being a father? <laughs> yeah man I, and then, I was and, watching and that. that and from that scene on even though two days before maybe Sarah Pauly had watched a zombie child rip out her husband's throat in front of her yeah very very recently she is all of a sudden mad horny for Kmart Tim Roth I mean, just because he said I was a bad father but I or I was a bad husband but I was a good father she I doesn't mean, have a kid let's, let's be real right. yeah but no 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 but but, but she they make out they make out like five minutes later so, and then and then we're supposed to think that they believe that they are like a couple or whatever now i mean i don't know about you guys but when when he said that like that he said that he's a terrible husband but he's an amazing father i mean like i i just got super wet like oh my god like isn't that like what what you want your dream man to say that he'll be really shitty to you but he'll be a really great but, dad yeah but if you squirt out a kid together he'll at least be good to the kid yeah right he'll be bad to you yeah like ooh, oh man oh boy <laughs> so uh how romantic yeah um yeah so our, our protagonist like yeah just completely forgets about her dead husband doesn't doesn't fuck around the morning and even though it's like the the apocalypse and they're all trying to survive like i, I to a degree and she, like and you she can excuse watched it. him die gruesomely and then come back as a zombie and tried to kill her literally two days My before favorite yeah it's a movie so you gotta have romance after that happens she still doesn't understand how people turn into zombies. oh we're gonna get to that <laughs> we're gonna get to that let's get to that now but like yeah uh, yeah anyway but i just uh yeah like trying to like shoehorn in a romance Romance because movie has to have romance, you know, is is pretty boring and dumb. So yeah, let's let's get let's get to the dumb that that little dumb nugget. Yeah, because that is absolutely something. That is one of my f- favorite scenes in this movie, just because it's so baffling. Is they see a big truck drive in uh, to the mall and they help people get into the mall. Add some more bodies to die. Yeah, Yeah, some more characters nobody gives a shit about. With the new people, they wheelbarrow in this very obese 
obvious soon-to-be zombie. I mean, yeah, she just already looking, looks like a zombie. Like yeah. we, I, we assumed that she just was. We were like, "Yo, why are you wheelbarrowing a zombie around?" Like her makeup is, uh, and uh, to use this word again, and I'll be using it in the future, gratuitous. She's got big old green corpusculent varicose veins. Her eyes, like, like she's already got like like crazy saggy prosthetic makeup on. She's, she's exactly just, what you would expect from a 2004 zombie film. Yeah, she looks like a zombie. Yeah, in every way. In every way and she dies not long afterwards and comes back as a zombie of course and i had to fucking pause the movie to check the time stamp when this happened we die because even though we'd seen multiple people get bit by the zombies and come die and come back as zombies quickly yeah, almost immediately. Like the, her husband comes back within seconds of, of being of, bit. Of being bit, yeah. Um, Which again is the first thing that our protagonist sees. sees. She yep. sees her husband get bit, immediately turn into a zombie. Yep. She sees this, and then at this point, when this woman dies and comes back as a zombie, Sarah Polly delivers the line, "I think it's the bites," and. <laughs> We checked the fucking timestamp. This was 50 minutes into this movie. Yeah. Five zero in an almost two hour long film. Five zero minutes in. Well, this movie's a hundred minutes long. It was halfway through. Fully halfway through the film. That's the moment where they say, I think the bites are spreading the disease. And then and then one of the other protagonists goes, How do you know? Yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> who's also been like fending off and fighting zombies. Like, and then there's for a another while. character who's also been bit, who they then who was in Star Trek for a minute. Yeah, sure. Um, who he was a time traveler. Still, like, somebody is like, uh, I think it's Ving Rhames, like, is like, let me just shoot him. And they're like, no, we don't know that he'll come back. It's like, yeah, you yes, do. you do. Yes, you <laughs> fucking do. Yeah, on yes, screen, we do. saw you see someone, like, you saw, uh, uh, I mean, you know that we saw this been, on screen. You know that he's been bitten. You know that he's been bitten. Which, which is so funny, because, like, <laughs> the movie starts with a zombie fake out where it says uh you know like she uh, our protagonist before the outbreak walks by the ambulance someone's lying down in it and they 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 sit upright and it's one of the emts waking up and it's it's a fake out saying haha ah, you know you know as the audience that you're watching a zombie movie but we're just fucking with you so like okay cool we know we're watching dawn of the dead uh, it, it's been how many decades since the original? Like, we get it. We're, we, we understand zombies, and they're, they're playing with that. But in the same film, you have, we have to sit through our protagonists take a, a lifetime to come to just the simplest zombie movie conclusions. And it's like, ah, in, on, in yeah. what world do you think that's interesting for anybody or fun? I will like, say... They, like, just sitting there being like, yes, figure it out. I will say they do have you one have to shoot red in the herring. Head. They do have one red herring that's not executed super well but i think was interesting in its placement and that's when they're on the first floor of the mall and there's a zombie in the fountain and mm. you clearly see his blood go into the fountain and then you see ving rames get cut and fall into the fountain if you didn't know the bite thing you could consider that maybe oh hey he's gonna turn into a zombie he got yeah, the zombie blood the, the into blood, his blood. Yeah, into his bloodstream. You know, I think this is within the script of the movie. Maybe a clever bait and switch. However, in terms of Zack Snyder direction, or is it, or is it a plot hole? 
Because, like, the virus would be transmitted by blood-to-blood contact, right? So if the if Fig Graves was cut and fell into the fountain with an open wound and got zombie blood in, he should have become a zombie, right? Yeah. Is, this, is it a red herring well, or is it zombie, a well, no, well, Obviously, they, the they, they clearly stated the rules as only bites. Ah, so, mm, yes. So, yeah, I, I think you could take it either way, honestly, but... I think it's clumsy. Yeah, it's it's clumsy in practice. I think in the script, it, you know, could work as a red herring, but it's not executed well. Um, But I think I want to mention that on top of the Star Trek extra that got bit, Mm. uh, the pregnant woman also got bit. Yes. And that brings us to maybe the, the best sequence of this film. The zombie baby. The zombie baby. Yeah, the best moment of the film. I think in a in a largely gratuitous and tasteless sequence, but oh my god, did I laugh so hard. Well, I think part of why we laughed also is how because the effect was bad. No, it was because of how soon we predicted it. Like like well, uh as soon as I get to the mall, like we uh I, I, I well, stopped we see, we and see I and that I said, she is, we see that she's bit early on, so it's not like a huge leap to make. Yeah, but but you know, still like a, a good like half hour or forty minutes has to pass like between the two events. Right. So like as soon as it happens, uh we're just like um, or almost as soon as we saw her, like, I, I can't remember when, but, like, we stopped and, and uh, like I said, like, you know, like, okay, definitely a zombie, and there are two ways this can go. Either it's gonna, like, uh, forgive, but it's gonna, like, pop out of her and scurry across the floor, you know, and be all, like, like right off the bat, because it's a tasteless movie already, we know this, so, like, I figured, okay, it's gonna be tasteless, it's gonna do that, or it's gonna do the thing where the camera zooms in on it, and it where looks like an, it looks born. like a stillborn, yeah. and then the eyes pop open, and it goes, you know, it, just, it does the scary zombie thing. And sure enough, it was too. But that said, every time <laughs> it cut back to them from then on, we started chanting, Zombaby, 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 just in hope for it, because what the fuck else are you going to do? It's not about the surprise for me in this, it's, it's the, the execution. execution. <laughs> yeah. Because man, oh man, wow. does uh, Zack Snyder's directorial flourishes really shine in the sequence? Fuck, it's man. it's probably the most Zack Snyder sequence in the movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the best Zack Snyder sequence of this movie, in my opinion. Uh, not intentionally so. Not intentionally so, but no. I think they, I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be shocking and horrifying. Yeah, it's not. No, in context, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, the granny character comes in to check on uh, the the couple. The pregnant woman's name I should mention. Uh, I did make a note of it. Is Luda? Uh, Luda. Making, yeah, exactly, Luda. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get that out there. <laughs> Well, they were trying to figure out at one point whether they would give the, the the baby a Russian name or a black name, an African name. Because that's what he yeah. careful that's, Ben. That's a uh, that's what he says. She says, <laughs> "I want to give him Russian name." He's like, "Nah, we got to give him an African name." It's like, what is this? What's happening here? What's going on? Well, and in the end, the name turned out to be Zombaby. So yes, but. Yes, the the granny goes in to check on the couple, and this is after the husband. Had, the husband, yeah, uh, tied up the the zombie mother so she wouldn't attack. Mm-hmm. An incredible gunfight ensues. 
Um, the way it's shot with oh these gratuitous slow motion close ups of the guns <laughs> is just incredible. Between between the the granny and the husband, zombie Luda wakes up. And the granny pulls out the gun to shoot her, because the granny's strapped, too. And she and the husband have, like, a a uh, five-foot-apart slow-motion, uh, like, gunfight, where they both just absolutely riddle each other with bullets. <laughs> and it's just cutting back and forth, back and forth, to them just, like, blasting more bullets. Big bullet holes, squibby bullet holes in each other in slow motion, and it's like it's so overdone, but it's so fucking funny. There are Key and Peele sketches like it's, that I've laughed less at, like that I do mean, the same thing, like like thing, action like, movie, it's, like fucking. It's like to look at something like that done sincerely without a trace of humor is yeah. just like absolutely baffling. It's like how can how did you shoot this? And see it edited and not think it looked ridiculous. And, I mean, all the better for it. Yeah, honestly. And, and if that doesn't summarize Zack Snyder's career, I don't know what does. Like, honestly, like taking, that, that's taking a plus dumb for shit me for this movie. Seriously. I think a lesser zombie movie would have excluded a scene like that entirely. Oh, yeah, well, it's it's moments like that in this movie that make this movie entertaining at all. Yep. Because like if if moments fun like to make fun that of. if moments like that were not in this movie, this would be bad to watch. Yep. Uh a lot of it is bad to watch, yep. but it's because of shit like this which just reach such incredible highs of absurdity that like they make the experience worth it. Like I don't have any desire to rewatch this movie anytime soon. No. But man, there are some fucking sequences. But again, there And there are just a few sequences. They are fun to laugh at. Whereas to name another dumb movie director, Michael Bay, I can get down with the dumb. In a Michael Bay movie, uh, it depends. I it depends on the it depends on the movie. It depends on the movie. But like The Rock I fucking love that film, like almost unironically. Bad Boys 2 hits that exact same point as this movie where it's sure, fun sure. to laugh at, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like not but, all. But I think there's a quality to making something that you're able to laugh at, you know? And I think there's a, a directorial talent to that in a way. Yes, and I agree. I agree, especially like, because again, like uh, there, I think there has to be like a degree of self awareness, and like you have to take it, you have to take it on like with a certain amount of thought. And like Michael Bay has movies in his filmography, at the very least, like The Rock. I can enjoy the dumb because, and I and I feel like it's self aware, like it's tr- it's a dumb movie trying to be dumb by directors aware that they're making a dumb movie. Like I feel like Michael Bay is aware. Whereas oh, X- I disagree. Oh, I disagree. Dude, like this is a whole this is a whole different example. discussion. But, but I, think, I absolutely do I not think, think Michael Bay out is self-aware. of Zack Snyder's movies. This is the most self-aware Zack Snyder is in his filmography, in my opinion. I would you agree. You know, you compare. I would agree. The dumb action sequences in this to something like Man of Steel or Sucker Punch. Or I never saw you know, either of those. Something like that. And it's like night and day. Obviously, this movie 
takes itself way less serious. And I think I think it's the virtue of being a young up and coming director who still has to prove himself. So he's so he takes himself less seriously. Um, I mean. I don't think this is a good movie, but I do think it has more of a sense of fun than most of his films. I will say, I do not think that Michael Bay possesses a shred of self-awareness. Right. I think, I, I do think that the movies of his that are good are good despite his intentions. And, and personally, I'm not a Michael Bay person. They're few and far between. I think the Transformers movies are absolutely dreary as shit and so fucking boring. And I think Michael Bay is not particularly self-aware. And a lot of the things that work well are unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, much like this movie. I think a lot of what works for me is both James Gunn's script and the unintentional directorial flair of of Zack Snyder okay shown so like looking at movies as a whole after the movie we, we were talking a little bit about films like Pain and Gain for instance I, I haven't seen Pain and Gain but you've seen Pain and Gain it's great like right do you think it's self-aware I think it unintentionally says something really profound but I don't think it's entirely self-aware okay no. okay because I was trying to lead into something that one of y'all said with this bit about Zack Snyder having that kind of that insufferable energy like, I mean, uh, he's got it. So when, yeah, when we, when we it, look at, sure. like, especially when we look at the rest of his films, and none of his other films really like center around horror. So, like, it's a early opportunity to talk but, about that. But, but like, Ben, Ben brought up earlier that like in Zack Snyder's later career, like where he's at now, he has a supreme air of self seriousness that yes. I do not think is present in this film, and I think that that's because. Like I mentioned, he's still young and relatively, you know, unknown, still working his way up into the film industry and had stuff to prove. So he didn't take himself too seriously. Whereas like even shit, I mean, I think 300 has like maybe a touch of the sense, same sense of fun that this movie does a touch Uh, But once you start getting into shit like fucking Watchmen, and I have not seen Man of Steel or Justice League or or Batman v Superman, but just from the fucking trailers and just like the way that Zack Snyder talks about those movies, you can tell he takes himself so seriously. Yeah, that like edgy grim dark. Really, he he. He considers himself an auteur, and I think a lot of people out there also consider him an auteur. Look at the fact that they are now releasing a fucking Zack Snyder cut of a, at this point, three-year-old movie? When did Justice League even come out? Four years ago? Is that right? I don't know. It's in a memory pit for me. Right, exactly. The fact that... fucking edgelords online have been clamoring for the Zack Snyder cut for so many years that the studio finally said fuck it okay yeah let's let's pour millions and millions of dollars into this I, I saw somebody on Twitter say something like the only other director who has sucked as much money from a studio for a uh a a self uh aggrandizing vanity project is fucking tom green and freddie got fingered (laughs) also a great movie in my opinion uh but i think that was done as a prank as a more as a bit yeah where Zack snyder is is very self-serious about Um, it i guess yeah i guess all i'm trying to say to kind of like retcon because like uh, you know like I, I think you guys bring up really good points um i guess all i was trying to say like in my comparison is like michael bay i think 
just has more dumb fun, you know, like like if I, like comparing the two. Like I just again, like I look at a movie like The Rock. Michael Bay is less of an edge lord. Like, I think he yeah. still ta- I think he still takes himself See, pretty I seriously. Think, I, th- I think but... this movie is the closest Zack Snyder has come to Michael Bay. Yeah, and for I sure. say that as a positive. Thing. Yes, but like like you know, looking at the rest of their films, like we're just talking about Michael Bay. And Zack Snyder. That's all I'm trying to say. Between the two, I personally find Michael Bay less insufferable than than Zack Snyder because of like the the grim dark. Zack Snyder makes movies where he feels like he's like being a genius. Like he feels like they're really smart moments. Right. Like at least that's the vibe that I get. That's well, this is a really under. good. Segment, and I don't necessarily get that from Michael Bay, where I feel like Michael Bay is making popcorn movies for dumb people and knows it. But I don't think I don't he know. knows. I don't think he necessarily knows it, but he's definitely carved out a niche for himself where. He has a very specific thing that he does, and he's not so he's not so edgy about it as Zack well, Snyder is. Well, I I want to make a segue from this into I think one of the bolder choices of this movie that I don't think particularly works, but you know, in comparison to the movie landscape at the time, I think is kind of a respectable move in some respects, and that's the cinematography. You know, we compare this movie to. 2000 early 2000s action movies at the mm-hmm. time you know underworld resident evil yes. and it's all just so gray and so monochromatic <laughs> and dark and this movie goes so fucking far in the opposite direction to the point where it looks like a fucking pop punk music to video its fucking detriment um uh, I, that i think while it is definitely dated and ugly I think it adds a little bit of vibrancy and compare it and takes some of the dreariness out of the okay. material. The dreariness, okay, I will agree with you, but that's as far as I will agree with that. I think this is maybe the ugliest film I've ever seen. Yeah, okay, so it's time I, for our footnote from earlier. <clears throat> yeah. We touched on this earlier, but this movie looks fucking Awful. It is goddamned wretched. We have, like the color correction is the worst I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, like I agree. Uh, like uh, maybe I've seen worse at some point, but the saturation in every shot that slider has been moved over to full. Like in every the scene fucking, is the fucking fully con- saturated, dude, and the not only the, and the contrast, but the contrast. Yeah, like all there the sliders were, all the way full. How many? How many fucking times in this movie? Was it literally impossible to pick out any detail because the contrast was so maxed out that things were just solid black? Yeah, things that should not have been. Yeah, if it's if it is dark, it is solid black in this movie. And, and it's it's so funny how it is a, so ugly. Uh, an HD 1080p video can look like a cam rip, even yeah, though it's dude. a. You know, HD quality. It's just because everything is so turned up and well. I know you. I know you said. I know you said when we were watching it this time that when you watched it in middle school, you thought that you had gotten a cam rip at the time because it looked so bad. But (laughs) (laughs) proved this time that that's just the way the film is shot and color corrected. It is hideous. Look, let me let me tell you. Every person in this movie looks. Like they have had a terrible spray tan. They look like an Oompa Loompa. Orange. They yeah. are orange. Like skin in this movie, skin Donald, tones. Donald Trumpish. Are yeah. orange. Yeah. Hyperbolic Donald or, Trump. Or if or like, if not it is or if like not Oompa orange, Loompa. if not orange, like red. Like a fucking Christmas ham. Yeah. Just just like, people who are in like 
just normal synthetic lighting, like just just standing on their halogens, are orange. Well, and there are multiple black actors in this film, too. Also orange. Oh, no, I was going to say they are like bare. You could only see their eyes pretty much. Yeah, well, like, like, like and like, like highlights on skin. Like, it's all orange. It, like, yeah, like it, everybody. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it's so bad. It, like, it's so bad to look at. It is. It is gross. Characters with makeup look like clowns uh, because like all of the rouge has been like pulled out like and is like is just burning a hole into the screen um, because like it's so bright red. Like it looks nasty and not in a cool way not in like a putrefied way but in like a like a, just a a sugary saccharin hyper rich we gotta maximize it way like i was talking about earlier like we got it like well, like just... no to quote the mcelroy's but without without again like the the self-awareness no middle sliders anytime there's color correction yeah saturation all the way full which is just amateur hour 101 well, see, like amateur photographers too. do the same thing you know where they just like they're like oh yeah let's make it as colorful as possible and they just move the saturation all the way up and True blow out HDR. the image here's, yeah here's this movie is, this movie is blown out and bottomed out here's the thing visually. too there's there's no doubt that a lot of these crimes took place in post-production like the contrast like that kind of shit and the saturation there's no doubt but i am also unconvinced that they were that they were white balancing properly when they shot the film. Yeah. I'm unconvinced that the people who were working on this movie even knew how to white balance. Like we've talked a lot, a lot, a lot on this podcast about like the very particular look that shit had in the early 2000s. Yes. And it's like this falls into that to to an extent, you know. There's a lot of that like green fluorescent light stuff, shit that you see in like saw. But at the same time, like when we were watching this movie I and I started thinking is like, oh yeah, early 2000s. Then I also thought to other early 2000s movies that we've talked about on the podcast, like The Descent or like uh, Cabin Fever is the one that really came to mind because when we did our Cabin Fever episode, we talked about how like in terms of its color, how gorgeous that movie is weirdly for the type of fucking movie it is very careful attention to detail in terms of coloring like they very clearly shot a lot of that movie in golden hour so it has the light has the particular quality and then you look at something like this made like a year or two after cabin fever and it's just awful to look at it's so fucking bad well i think it's uh, the difference of a director that has seen movies <laughs> the director that has not seen movies yeah yeah um, absolutely. but fun piece of trivia this uh, cinematographer who did this film also uh, was the cinematographer for a little movie we've covered called Santa Slay. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, all right. <laughs> then, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. Santa Slay is not a particularly, uh, I mean, it's not really an ugly movie. It's a very early 2000s looking movie. But man. Like, I, I was just, I was honestly, just from the beginning, I was just completely blown away by how terrible this movie looked and continued to look. Fucking Modern Family guy, uh, he was one of the only characters who was not orange. He looked like fucking Voldemort. He was so white. It was, it, like, what, what was going on when they were shooting this movie? How did they look at this stuff and say, like, yeah, that looks good. Yep. 
that's it. Well, Again, the it, for the same reason, is... like 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 amateur photographers like like pull up the saturation to full. Like it, it's just it's amateur hour. Like you you look at it and I've you just that. confidently say this is great. Like when it looks this like looks cinematic. Yeah, like uh, and yeah, it's just it's amateur hour. Like that, well, that's the, all there is. The to funniest it. part to me is it's clear that this is an intentional decision. Like I think Zack you Snyder. Think so? Yeah. Well, considering that the cinematographer has done normal movies in the past. Mm -hmm. I think Zack Snyder went out of his way to kind of push this angle. I mean, I would not be surprised to learn that... Well, also, like, a a lot of that shit also could have been done in post. Like, I said that they didn't know how to white balance, but maybe, maybe, like, it really did mostly take place in post. But I can absolutely see Zack Snyder in the editing booth behind his editor being like, yeah, dude, crank up the contrast. Like, um, are you sure? <laughs> like, it's already up pretty high. Like, we're losing a lot of, like, the mid-tones. It's like, yeah, no, crank it up. Yep, yep, that's it, right Maximize there. Maximize it. It's like, are, 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 you're sure yeah. this is where you want the contrast? <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. That's where it's at. Yeah, you know how hot it is in Milwaukee? (laughs) Everything's got to look like it's on fire. But yeah, I think uh, this movie certainly has a look to it. And it's not one that's seen much in other movies. It's just... say that much yeah like i i can i Thank can see I, I can i can see an argument for like well it's a zombie movie it's supposed to look wretched but it it's not fun to look at it's no. not fun to look at at all and the rest of the tone is trying for fun to look at and it's not scary it just looks bad it just looks poorly made it's rough it's really rough now point of price we mentioned it briefly but i i do want to say this movie it gets a lot of things wrong in respect to how well the original did. And and even for the sake of legacy, it fucks up a lot of things, I think. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think it does quite well is bringing back the original actors on TV for cameos. I it's thought cameos that was a great solid. choice. Yep. Yeah, the cameos. I, I agree. With the, you the old school cameos rule like those are great choices. They're well done. I think that the, the scenes that they pick and the roles that the characters play are awesome. Ken Foray in particular, playing an old priest on TV, that's great because he's also introduced in he's the original the, movie. He's saying that the zombie, that the apocalypse is happening because of the gays, basically. Yeah. The, all the gays and the sinners. And he still delivers his same famous line from the original, when there's no room left in hell, the dead shall walk the earth. But recontextualized, I do think that if you gotta make that callback, if you gotta use the same line, the fact that they went out of their way to get Ken Foray to do it, awesome. Yeah, and that's awesome. great. Yep. I think that's the one nice thing I have to say. But but that uh, I did want to say it, and there it is. Yeah. Like, and, that's well done. And, and Scott H. Reiniger, that's the actor's name, who uh, was Roger. He's like the general that we see on TV at some point, at one point. Um uh as you mentioned earlier ben tom savini also has a brief tv cameo he's the sheriff of milwaukee county so he's uh sheriff clark uh i think he's also wearing a cowboy hat (laughs) was i making that up (laughs) am i just imposing uh sheriff clark on onto tom savini um but uh i i agree with you the cameos are good and what i will also say to the film's credit for how ugly the cinematography and color correction and shit is the zombie makeup looks good it looks great 
Yeah. It looks great. It's mostly practical effects. All of the blood and stuff is squibs. That all looks really good. Uh, the zombies look like zombies, you know, which was my one minor complaint from the original film is that they just look like people in clown makeup. Um, so at least in this movie, the zombies look like zombies. Are they less scary? Yeah. But uh, those effects are good. Don't have yeah. anything bad to say there. One one bit that I want to talk about a little bit is the gun shop guy. Oh, yeah, from across uh, the across the parking lot. Because I think... His character, you know, while secondary, yeah. is one of the more interesting subplots of the film because they they befriend this guy across the across the street mm-hmm. and uh, they you know play chess with him. Bing Rain pl- plays chess. They play a weird Where's Waldo of uh, celebrity lookalike zombies that he shoots. Which yeah. I think is very He's fun. the owner of a gun store, so he's got like a big honking sniper rifle and a bunch of ammo, and they talk to him by holding up uh, whiteboard messages, and they look at binoculars across the way. Yeah, which was um, very fun. I did yeah, like that scene. I liked that too, uh, and and the, the one where they're like picking out zombies in the crowd who look like celebrities, like you mentioned. They're bored, like, they're uh, playing games. Yeah, get Burt Reynolds, and they hold up the, the whiteboard that says Burt Reynolds, and then he shoots that one yeah the one with the um, mustache You're like yeah yeah it's super it's, fun. it's fun get jay leno mm-hmm. um I, I i liked that i mean the only thing is with that character is it doesn't really come to anything well i will say it comes to something very funny in my opinion because one you get the the crazy lady obsessed with her dog they they send. Oh, they find that dog in the garage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they realized uh, zombies don't go after dogs. Which, what kind of headass shit is stop. that? We got we to stop and talk about like yeah, the, how, how stupid that is. Like they uh, we have we we see our protagonists, the characters that we're supposed to like, lowering this adorable dog that they found into a pit of zombies like jurassic park like like the goat goat into the the, the t-rex pen in jurassic park like like they lower this dog down um and they just say while lowering it down yeah uh, yeah zombies don't go after dogs i just want people that's cool don't worry about it and it's just like no no what are you doing that is based off of is that they found the dog in the parking garage running from zombies where there were zombies and like oh yeah well if the zombies went after uh dogs then uh then he wouldn't be then this dog wouldn't be alive so let's send him Which it totally could have been. And, and I mean they were they were right. Well they were right because of the script because made them because to be. the script made them yeah. right because the audience needs to not like hate the protagonist even though we still do because it's like you don't have like enough like <laughs> evidence for that but why also, are you lowering a dog into what, zombies? But also like Don't what, do that to my heart. What kind what kind of like logical sense from like a world building perspective, yes. does that make that the zombies are only interested in eating other people that when they're they're strictly cannibalistic and nothing else? Yeah, they're big dumb zombies. Whereas like the concept of zombies is mindless consumerism, like anything they can get their hands on, they eat, right? But nope. We can just lower this dog, and the dog just, like, walks through a whole parking lot full of zombies over to the other side, but then when it gets to the <laughs> then when it gets to the other fucking side, the zombies just get in through the dog door. Yeah, they follow in anyway. <laughs> and, he, and our gun store owner guy gets bit. 
Yeah, well, like it's just such a dumb series of events. But also, like, um, the they get the dog to get to the gun store because the gun store guy has a dog whistle. And I was joking too. It's like, okay, if zombies don't go after dogs, this guy's in the middle of the city. Like, if he blows that dog whistle for this dog, like all the dogs in the city are gonna like come running. You know, Man, you know what would have been a really like, good bit if they're funny. if they're gonna go for zombies not eating the dogs. We should have seen packs of stray dogs eating the zombies. Yeah, <laughs> because the zombies are just rotting corpses. <laughs> A good shot. The dogs don't have masters anymore. They don't have people to feed them. So they just form feral packs and we just see them like ambushing zombies <laughs> and just like eating them while there's like pulling zombies' arms off while they're just walking down the street and they don't notice that a pack of dogs just ripped their arm off. Like something like that would be a very yeah. good bit. That well, I will say you get a very, very funny sequence at the end of the gun shop uh, subplot where he, you know, stumbles back up to the roof as a zombie and holds up his whiteboard, but it's just... Uh... It's smeared with blood. <laughs> he just smears blood on the whiteboard and holds it up. That was, that was amazing. Pretty... That's a hilarious and bit that's, right and that's there. Like, and that's, like, one of those examples of, like, the funny, like, obvious James Gunn flourishes in the script. Another one that I took note of that I thought was funny is when they first get to the mall at the beginning and they encounter... Uh, House of Cards Dougie and the other two, uh, or the other few mall security cops, they go up the elevator and the elevator door opens and then they've got them at gunpoint and they're having this standoff and the whole time the elevator door keeps trying to close and somebody has to put their arm out to stop it and then like the tense scene continues and the elevator door starts to close again and somebody puts out their arm. Amazing. That was great. That is like, I don't remember any of the dialogue that was happening then because it was meaningful and I didn't give a shit because I don't fucking care about the characters. But the bit with them, like, having to keep the elevator door from closing That's during good. this, like, tense Mexican standoff moment is very, very funny. Yeah. And, and like... It's a good play with tension. It's fun. It's and that's, and that's, like, one of those instances where it's, like, that is good writing. It's not funny unintentionally. That is just, like, legitimately good comedic yeah, it writing. It was scripted to be funny. And and that, and, like, the, the gun store guy, like, wiping blood on the slate and holding <laughs> it up is, like, another instance of that. And there are a few of those in this movie and like that it definitely does deserve that to its credit another one that i liked and i think has aged well was them using uh, uh for for their montage of like clearing out the rest of the zombies and building the oh, yes. the zombie cars you know to, to to get out of there is they play richard cheese's like jazz lounge version of down with the sickness and that's funny. Like, that was good. Like, during the film, we don't have to deal with, like, the cringy original uh, and the whole, like, oh, wow. Well, uh, well yeah, yeah. Well. Footnote on that. Footnote on that. I'm doing that for dramatic effect. I thought, hey, that's kind of fun. Like, like Richard Cheese is still funny. Like, he, he takes these edgy songs. He turns them into jazz lounge. Amusing. It's a good bit. Uh, and, uh, it was 2004. It was 2004. So it, was, it was fitting for the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they clear out the zombies. Good. Good montage. Well done. That's funny. Then they have to go and use right. the original. Over the credits. Over the credits. Well, it's in the post credits. Yeah, the post credits. We get, we get the say, original god-awful down with the sickness. Man, but what I will say <laughs> is at the time, it didn't have this effect, but in 2021, having a post credit sting end with the wah is 
fucking hilarious. Yeah. It is so funny. It's, it's great. like I can't I can't fault them for using Down with the Sickness in 2004 because that is just what you would have done like for the time it makes perfect sense, but in hindsight 15 16 years later it has aged so poorly and to get to have a film that both ironically uses the uh Richard Cheese lounge version of Down with the Sickness and then unironically uses the original version over the credits is wild well it just misses why it's funny like and <laughs> like it completely misses why the richard cheese version is good but here's what i'll say where i where i disagree slightly yes in general getting the wah like stuff is fun i still kind of think that 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 those vocal effects are fun in like a really shitty cheesy way but here's my problem right well, to, to quote no disturbed was a thing yeah i, I was the into, thing, i was into disturbed in 2004 but we were children like and that that's Correct. a big factor like is these are adults making this movie right and yeah, uh, but i also think adults were into disturbed in 2004 and that's yeah, fine just, I, i'm fine with adults being into just, disturbed now i don't when, have a problem with that new it's just when but, new metal was the thing yeah and, and that's fine you know that, that's whatever new metal butt rock all that stuff but but here's 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 the the kicker for me is they have to use the version of Down with the Sickness that includes the, to quote Anthony Fantano, like the domestic abuse solo at the end. That's the only version of that song that includes that. What are you talking like, about? That's yeah. just like, part Jesus of the song. Christ. Like, it's just, it's in it's such bad of, taste. It's always been wait, in bad taste. Wait, okay. Like, wait, you said the version of it. That poses the question. Well, that's why I'm does, saying. This is does the, the only, Richard Cheese version. version have this domestic abuse it solo? Does not. It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't have it in it. Like, and again, one of, one of the things I like about it. But like uh, it knows where to pull the punches uh, because that's it's it's too edgy. That's the joke. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, yeah, like, I don't know, just like the, that whole like no mommy don't hit me anymore. Like shit is just like it's just in, it's just it's just in bad fucking taste, it's, man. It's never it's like, never not been tacky. Yeah, ex- and like, that's, that's my just, point. Like, like always... they're adults making this movie. Like, that's all yeah. like that. That's like, how can you like think that? not know that isn't going to age terribly it's Zack Snyder it's 2004 yeah it's it's Zack Snyder and also I bet that I bet Zack Snyder still likes Disturbed like I oh yeah yeah absolutely I believe that wholeheartedly can we before we wrap up I want to talk a little bit about the buses that they trick out they pimp my ride these buses to be a uh, zombie proof unbelievably so yeah unbelievably so uh, i mean it's fun it's fun but it's like i don't believe that this ragtag group of people would have the uh the te- welding skills the technical yeah the welding <laughs> skills the technical and mechanical ability and also the the materials one of the one of the mall shuttles has a bulldozer blade on it like where well, did they get that? Yeah, like yeah. like a whole like like the yeah the whole like shovel like on the on a front end loader is just like yeah attached to it like a like a um like cattle pusher on a train. Yeah, like a fucking cow catcher. Like what? Where did they get that? Yeah, they don't. You can't buy that at the mall. World tease. <laughs> 
There's snow plows in Milwaukee, obviously. Ooh, fuck! <laughs> You're right! No, but. Man, maybe oh, if on, I actually <laughs> believe that this movie took place in Milwaukee, then that might make sense. On, on that side note, I did look up locations and uh, I, I was considering suggesting it, but, but now I know for sure uh, that, uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, most of that film was shot in Ontario. Um, because that's where oh, everywhere wow. is shot. Um, okay, and, I guess Southern California. But, well, okay, so there are some sequences that are also shot in California on univer- on like the Universal lots, uh-huh. uh, uh, as to be expected. But the big kicker for me is, sure enough, call it earlier, the island shot in Clearwater, Florida. Yep. Yep. So sure enough, it is it is on the equator. And, it's in the so, tropics. And correct me if I'm wrong. And that's supposed to be like on Lake Michigan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but nowhere in that was anything shot oh, in no. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's there's like thirteen locations, uh, none okay. of them are Milwaukee. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 no. No, yeah, yeah. Absolutely none of them. That makes sense. My, nowhere my, near. My favorite part of the bus is that they added like a chainsaw little slot. Slot. Slots. Yeah. yeah. So they could I mean, it is a kind of clever idea, so they can if the zombies start like swamping the the shuttle they can cut them sure, down sure it's clever but the the gun store owner was starving waiting for them to yes. come and save him and they're busy they're like five more days and it'll be ready he just holds up a sign that says hungry <laughs> <laughs> this man's out of food he's no, a well, block and, away and also because they like they painted flames on the side. Yeah, they're busy putting barbed wire and painting flames on these the bar- buses. The barbed wire, the the dozer blade, and the chainsaw saw slots. Like I could think, okay, practical. You know, like they're trying, they're sending it out. They're armor plating it to plow through zombies. It's like, okay, I can I can forgive that. But the fact that they're making this man wait so they can paint flames <laughs> on the sides of, of their battle buses. <laughs> <laughs> Another, really funny. another point of realism or lack, another lack of realism point, uh, however the fuck you want to phrase it, uh, that is in the detriment of this movie is the mall itself. Um, in the original, we know where everything is in the mall pretty pretty clearly. Like it's all laid out for us. Like in my mind, well, yeah, because I can part of because part of the the story is them ma- is them getting the map and figuring out how to get to things in yeah. the mall. They make the a home out way. of it, right? Yeah, and the mall it's very practical. Is guess what? Full of zombies. Yeah. When they get to it. Like, it is riddled with zombies uh, in the original. They get to it, and clearing out the mall is a big objective in the film. And There's, it's, like, three it's zombies also, in the mall in this one. Exactly. Line. And it's really fun in the original. Like, like, uh, yeah. and it, it's it's a, a thing that I would think the new one would also have keyed into is this idea of clearing out the mall. Well, the idea in this movie is the security mall cops have already done that. Is yeah, and I, taking the fun away from the audience. Like, so we don't we don't get to have them like clear out this space. It's already done. So uh, that so that's the, so the zombie thing. so the it, the zombie action moments have to, are by necessity brought about by acts of stupidity. Yep. Yeah. Like people being infected and them not killing them when before they can attack or at going into the fucking parking garage or and the zombies are in there a zombie just hanging out in the bathroom or a yep. zombie hanging them, out in the bathroom them within 
days of the outbreak deciding to go somewhere else that isn't safe for yeah. no reason well the, the, the original idea- like the original like the the whole reason that like they they partially why they switch things up and ken for almost doesn't even want to leave is because they've the mall has everything they need exactly that's the idea the mall is the perfect place to hold up because it has supplies to mm-hmm. last for years but our protagonist small group for years in this new one don't have time to reach that arc they're, they're never given that. So, like, their choice to leave is just stupid. Well, yeah, to go to an island in Lake Michigan because the idea is, oh, because it's an island, there won't be any zombies there. Yeah, guess where there, else there aren't the, any zombies? Right where you are. In the fucking mall where you're at. Yeah. Which the work's has been su- done. Which has supplies. A bunch of them die on the way to the docks to get... And then we see through a series of post-credit, uh, uh, like, interlude scenes that when they finally get to the island they literally pull up to a dock like it's supposed to be like an uninhabited island so why is there a dock and a boathouse there whatever they pull up they climb out onto the dock and are immediately swarmed and killed by zombies yeah immediately yep so the entire movie was for fucking nothing. None yeah. of it, none of it means anything. None of it's important. Our, our it protagonists are stupid. They make terrible decisions. So we have no reason to like them. Um, and uh, yeah, dumb things keep happening. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Because of that fact, because the mall has already been cleared out when they get to it, any action that takes place has to be because the main characters are dumb as shit. Yep. And our protagonist, she is just so stupid, man. Like, like there are just so many times where like they have her make dumb decisions or realize whatever because of the bites. But it, it, this this starts from the very beginning of the film. We have her not know how windows work. Like, when she's trying to escape her house, like... Yeah, a window in her own house. <coughs> yeah, like, like the zombie is, like, eating its way through the the door and, like, like uh, terribly shot, here's, like, here's Johnny fashion. Yeah. yeah, like, it's trying to do that, but, like, is not Kubrick. So, it, it looks... Uh, but no, she's trying... Yeah, so she's trying... Funny, which is funny. Like, it's she's funny, trying like, trying to trying, slide... Yeah. Oh, she's trying to slide open the window, and the, it's very clearly locked. Yeah. Like, you can see it in the shot. It's like, this is your house. You live here. Yeah. Why are you struggling to like get that, a simple yeah, window why latch do you, open? Why do you why do you not realize that the window like, is locked? like children can figure out how window latches work. You just move the one little latch to the side and it opens like and we can see the latch on it. Like it's not hard. Um, uh, yeah. And then all the while uh, I, I do agree, Ben, like it is funny. Like when when the zombie it's pops funny, it yeah. because it's like, oh, look, it's an amateur filmmaker like like trying to do an homage to Kubrick. Like that that's that's fucking funny. Well, but also the juxtaposition of this zombie just coming in head first. <laughs> It's hilarious. It is. Uh, But yeah, so like we just have like uh, all of our protagonists are dumb as shit. They make dumb decisions and that's the movie. Yep. Well, I think it's time to rate because we've been going for a good long minute. Yes. So this uh, is not a bad movie in my opinion. I think it's a fun movie and I think it's, again, (laughs) Zack Snyder's best. Um, There's tons of moments in this movie that are oh so memorable maybe not intentionally so but even in spite of that i think it's elevated because of that you know i think you won't see a zombie sequence in any other zombie movie you won't see a guy holding up a blood-soaked whiteboard in any other movie I I respect some of the decisions it makes you know it's not a perfect movie it's not even a great movie but it is a fun movie. I'm going to give it a three out of five. 
So Dead Space has zombie babies in it. I know it's not a film, but like <laughs> Dead Space has zombie babies in it, and they're legit terrifying Different and like media. really well executed. Um, yeah, yeah, it's sci-fi horror and not horror. You're horror, not gonna but... see zombie baby. Also, it's baby. a video game. Yeah, I specifically mean the sequence. Yeah, of but... this film. Sure, I didn't have as much fun with it. I I I, I laughed when the movie was dumb uh, unintentionally, and like sometimes had fun when the movie was dumb intentionally, but. I just there are so many other like dumb fun movies that I would rather watch that aren't like shitting all over like an original. Um, that is that is the exact point I brought up when you were trying to give the pale door a four. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, I, and I'll give you that. I still really liked that movie um, and, and maybe not for academic reasons. Uh, and, and that's well, same here. You know, I'm me. I'm very OK with being a hypocrite and I'll, I'll just own it. Uh, but in this case, this time watching it, like, uh, I just, I gotta go with how I felt. And, uh, whether, whether that is in tandem with how I felt about the pale door or not. Well, it's not irrelevant, but, uh, it, 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 it is, it is different and, and juxtaposed. But, uh, I'm a hypocrite and I didn't like this movie. Uh, and, and you're just gonna have to deal with that. And I did like the pale door and I'd rather watch the pale door again. And I know you disagree. Wow. Um, uh, but uh, I I really fucking hated this movie. I didn't have a good time. I don't want to watch it again. And yeah, it might be one of the best movie that movies that like Zack Snyder has made. But that is not saying anything in my book uh, at all. Uh, uh, garbage is garbage. Uh, you know, it might be the best garbage, but it's still and, and it's like I didn't I didn't think it was that <clears throat> the pale door. And and again, there were things I found endearing about the pale door. I didn't have that great of a time. I'm giving it a two. I thought there were some some fun bits, but. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have a good time. I don't want to see it again. I want it out of my sight. Uh, it's well, hard enough for just for me to watch a zombie movie, like let alone a really not entertain, not good one. Well, I'm gonna split the difference between you guys. I don't think it was a good movie. I thought a lot of it was really, really bad to watch. Uh, it was particularly bad to look at. But whereas you say that uh, the pale door had endearing things, where this film didn't. I disagree. I think this film does have several particularly endearing sequences, some intentional, some unintentional. Usually the intentional was James Gunn, the unintentional Zack Snyder. It's a fucking stinky ass movie. Like it it does not do the original film justice by any means, but it is still probably it's probably is Zack Snyder's best film. Um but I'm going to give it a two and a half out of 5. Um not something that I'm going to come running back to anytime soon, but definitely a few very memorable uh moments. And uh that'll give it an average of two and a half out of 5. So uh it's exactly half of our <laughs> of our unanimous score. Watch it or don't. Watch it or don't. Who gives a shit? Well, uh two things I wanted to mention super quickly before we move on. I just remembered one sequence that I can't not touch on really quickly and that's the legless zombie in the parking garage dive bombing <laughs> where did it come <laughs> from people. i guess it was just hanging above just uh practicing its uh pull-ups uh, yeah man getting swole. getting swole yeah um baffling amazing though yep. the other thing is Zack Snyder is doing a new zombie movie for Netflix yes. with a $70 million budget. Yes, He's also have... doing a four-part 
prequel animated series to fuck that. Me. Well, let's not let's not watch the animated series. No, fuck no. Uh, but we we have predicted his Army of the Dead that's supposed to be yes. coming out this year. We've talked a little bit about how they are digitally replacing Crystalia with Tegnataro. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> so uh, that we have that to look forward to later in the year. So uh, we will see a return to Zack Snyder's zombies and see how it compares to this one that should be fun in defense of my rating next to the pale door because sorry i wasn't prepared for it to defend my rating i will say the budget for the pale door next to this movie are, are two entirely different things so i went into pale door with thinking indie movie not big box office film so like the decisions that the pale door makes like i find more endearing for that fact because of what they had to work with like so my my the whole perception and framing of that movie to begin with is just very vastly different. So the, there's just that. There's that small. I just wanted to throw that small bit in there. Like, okay, um, I still I still overrated the pale door. Like, I there, there's no question there. But like, comparing my rating of this film to that one is silly. I think. But anyway, that's all. So I have a question for you guys. I want this will be kind of an addendum to our prediction for Army of the Dead after we watch Army of the Dead. Which movie do you think is going to be better? This, this or, or Army, Army of, of the, the Dead? Dead? This, probably, I'm guessing. Because we're looking at self-serious uh, 2021 Zack Snyder post-DC Grimdark Universe Zack yeah. Snyder. On one hand, you have a heist zombie movie with Dave Bautista. On the other hand, you have dreary 2020s Zack Snyder. Yeah. Here's the thing. The whole point of this film is him returning to his roots. So maybe he'll maybe. try for that again. And honestly, considering the premise, they're they're trying to rob a casino during a zombie apocalypse, like post money. That's already dumb as shit. And uh, like <laughs> yeah. on paper, and that that sounds like my kind of dumb as shit. And also, really it's, it's not based on anything that's good. I'm, it's not like like this this Army of the Dead movie uh, isn't like a great movie all, that was already made by uh, by better by better directors. Yeah. So I'm not going to be pissed off by it being as uh, stupid. Like I can just enjoy it for it being a stupid dumb movie. So. Probably, I'm probably going to have a better time, I think. I think I'm going to enjoy Army of the Dead a lot more. I'm pr I will say I'm pretty excited to see digitally uh, inserted Tignataro. <laughs> that sounds god-awful in all the best be, ways. I think that's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Anywho, let's wrap this up. Next week is my pick. Um, so I'm going to be choosing a film that I've been sitting on for a long time. It was in my top 10 of the last decade. Uh, it's a film I've been very excited to do on the podcast for a long time. We're going to talk about the Belgian cannibal film Raw. Um, a truly uh, special and fantastic movie, in my opinion. Um, so tune in next week for that. Awesome. Um, until then, if you like the show... Hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a nice review. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at Letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod, where you find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Lighthouse Studio as we put out progress on It Stares Back. 
Tower Call. Um, By the time uh, our this new chapter drops, Tower Call might be out. Or it will be on or, our Discord. Like it by be, then, or it might be uh, within a couple of days of coming out, depending yeah. on when this episode drops. It's gonna be right there. So uh, go go to Steam and get it if you haven't already. Um, and uh, if you have it already, uh, download that update and play it because uh, we've got all sorts of cool Cthulhu knights and stuff in there, like uh, all sorts of fun. Yeah fun spooky monsters um and again too if it's not out on steam it'll definitely be out on our discord and uh if you're on our discord you can uh you can play some of those things early and see some of the the neat things we have in store for you so that's all oh it's not all uh also you can see my work on art station if you search cleveland Mosier. and uh at this point too it'll also be out that uh I'm now working on the new uh, Dread uh, Dreadx collection, The Hunt game, uh, and uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that too because that game looks awesome, uh, and I'm excited to be working on uh, helping work on that as well with uh, Dread XP, uh, which is a great studio as well. All right, well, next week it's time to do it raw. Bye. You feel that? <laughs> oh. is rising it seems that all that was good has died oh no the world is a scary place now that you've woken up the demon in me bobby will you give it to me Sick.